Six years ago, six years ago, I was in a Zumba class. You say, why were you in a Zumba class? I was in a Zumba class, and while I was in that class, in fact, a minute and a half into that class, my heart stopped. This week I had the the joy of doing something that many of us never get. I, I got to reach out to the, the young lady that saved my life that night. The young lady that started CPR and hollered for the AED to get there. I think it's ironic that in our church, there are two people that teach Zumba. It's like a hit squad following me around. We're going to wrap up this series called Rebuild. We're going to talk about a guy named Ezekiel. And in the timeline of things, Ezekiel was before Nehemiah. Ezekiel was before Zerubbabel. Ezekiel actually, in what we read in, in his book in the Old Testament, he grew up in the city of Jerusalem, and he was in the second wave of those that were sent from Judah to Babylon. And he prophesied about the destruction of the wall and the city of Jerusalem. He prophesied about the destruction of the temple seven years before it actually happened. So he's on the front end of these three stories that we have been looking at this month. And God gave him a vision that we read about in Ezekiel chapter 37 for the people of Judah. Starting at verse 1, it's, it's a few verses here, so be patient with me as we read through this text. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them. And there was no but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy 
to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, breath, from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. This vision that Ezekiel had was meant for the people of Judah, but there's a message in it today for you and for me. The bones represent something that is dead or that used to be alive. And I want to tell you today that there may be things in your life that you look at and you recognize it used to be alive. There used to be life in that thing. It could be a relationship. It could be a characteristic in your life. It could be a marriage. It could be a lot of different things. You recognize that it used to be alive, but now it appears as though it's dead. I think it's interesting that when God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live again, he didn't say yes. He said, Lord, only you know. And you might feel the same way. If God were to ask you, can that thing in your life, can that thing that is, it used to be alive and now it's dead, can that live again? And you might not even have the faith to say yes. And you might say, God, only you know. Only you know. As we look at these scriptures, I want to tell you, first of all, it's never too late. In John chapter 11, we read the story of Jesus' friend, Lazarus. Lazarus had died. But when Jesus got word, Lazarus was just sick. They sent word. Now, I want you to understand, they had to travel a couple of days to get to where Jesus was, just to tell him that Lazarus was sick. And after hearing this news, Jesus stayed where he was, a place, called, a place called Bethabara that's beyond the Jordan. He stayed there for two more days. So a total of four days had gone by before Jesus left to go to Bethany where Lazarus lived, and it took two days for him to get there. It's about a 15 or 20 mile trip. And Jesus arrives, and by the time Jesus arrives, Lazarus has now been dead four days. And Jesus asked them to remove the stone that was in front of what you and I would call a cave. They called it a tomb. Remove that stone. And immediately, Lazarus' sister objected. She objected. And you know what? Like like Ezekiel, Jesus had asked her the question, do you believe? And she said, Lord, even now I believe. And yet when Jesus said, remove the stone, she objected and said, no. His body is already decomposing. He stinks. 
What she was really saying was, it's too late. That's what she was saying. This problem is too big. It's too late. It's gone too far down the road. That relationship, too far gone. That situation, it's just not, it's not manageable. It's not solvable. That problem is too big. It's too late. Have you ever stepped up to a casket at a funeral and looked down at that body and watched it closely, expecting to see a breath? Have you ever done that? Or just watch it close just to make sure? I've been to a lot of funerals. And I've done that a number of times just watching because the rise and fall of that, of that chest signifies there's still life. Even when someone is on life support, we say they're still alive because that breath is still happening. That heart is still beating. I've sat with families, several from this church that were in those last moments where doctors meet with the family, ask them, what, what would you like us to do? And the decision is made to discontinue life support. And the breathing Continues, it might slow, it become, might become a little bit different. But then in time, there becomes a lower, a lower heart rate. The breathing becomes more difficult as they get closer and closer to passing. In silence, you watch that heart rate monitor. You stare at the heartbeats on the screen and they become slower and slower. This vision that Ezekiel had was not of dead bodies. It was dead, dry bones. Do you know that on the average, if a body were exposed to the elements, it would take eight to 10 years for a body to decompose to the point where there's no more flesh, where there's, no, there's nothing but the bones in a situation like Ezekiel saw. It would take a long time. And sometimes in our life, things have been dead so long, they have decomposed to the place where we think there's no possible way. There's no way that that could ever come back to life. There's no sense of hope. And yet moments earlier, Jesus said to Lazarus' sister, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am alive forever and ever. I hold the keys to death and Hades. Let me ask you this. What is dead in your life? 
that God wants to resurrect back to life that you think is humanly impossible. Chew on that one for a minute. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18. John the Revelator writes these words, and they are the words of Jesus. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever. I hold the keys of death and Hades. What dream, what characteristic, what relationship, what opportunity, what marriage do you feel has officially been taken off life support and is dead, but God wants to bring back to life. You might be saying the same thing that Ezekiel said that Israel says, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. The message of Ezekiel for you and I today is this. It's never too late for God to bring life to that which has been declared dead. Number two, God can make dry bones live. In Ezekiel's vision, the the nation of Judah was represented by these, these dead dry bones. The people of Judah, they were not literally dead. They were spiritually dead. They were guilty of worshiping other gods. So this vision shows a a, a valley full of bones which is figuratively speaking of the people of Judah because they are spiritually dead. And in his vision, it looked like it was too late. It looked like there was no hope of life. Ezekiel 37, our text, verse 4 Then he said to me, saying, God is saying to Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. He's saying, prophesy. He's saying, speak under the influence of the divine spirit of God. But remember, Ezekiel doesn't even believe it's possible because when God said, do you think these bones can live again? He said, only you know. He doesn't even believe it himself. But God says prophesy. That word prophecy, it's it's the utterance of Yahweh. God is calling him to speak life and hope over these dead bones. God says, I will attach tendons. Flesh will come upon you. I'm going to cover you with skin. I'm going to put breath back in you. As Ezekiel is speaking, in his mind, he's, say, he, he's not believing, but he's saying it with his mouth. And then he hears a sound. You know what? It's hard for us when we don't believe something to say it. It's tough. But some of us, we need to, we need to speak over that thing that's dead. And you might say, but I don't believe it. Be, speak the word of the Lord. Don't, don't speak what you believe. Don't speak what you think. Don't speak what you even feel. Speak the word of the Lord. I am the resurrection and the life. Do you see what I'm saying? Don't speak what you think. Speak the word that God speaks and he hears the, the sound of rattling. At that moment, Ezekiel's faith had to go through the roof. 
Because now he's hearing a sound that's matching up with the word of the Lord that he is speaking. When we begin to speak the word of the Lord over that dead thing in our lives or in our family, and we begin to see God start rattling some bones, all of a sudden our faith begins to rise. And we say, oh, God's actually doing it. That thing that I thought was absolutely impossible. Do you know that you can be alive and still be considered dead? Did you know that? Jesus said in Matthew 23, 27, he's speaking to the Pharisees, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. He said, you're like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. Jesus was calling the Pharisees spiritually dead. They looked good on the outside, but inside they were dead and smelly. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 1, the angel of the Lord is speaking to John, and John is writing down this vision, what the angel is telling him, and it says the angel of the church in Sardis write, uh, to the angel of the church in Sardis write, these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation for being alive, but you're dead. Maybe that describes some of us that we have a reputation for these areas in our lives for being alive, but actually they're really dead because we've done a really good job of covering them up. Maybe we even look alive on the outside, but on the inside we're not really. I've got good news for you today. Paul writes to the church in Rome in Romans 4.17 the second half of the verse, he said, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. In other words, God brings the dead back to life. God breathes life into a dead marriage. God, through his Holy Spirit, can breathe life into a dead church. God can breathe life into a dead future, life into dead finances, life into dead opportunities, life into dead relationships. It may appear that there is no hope. It may appear that everything is dead. But Hebrews 6.19 says, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Friends, God is a God of the impossible. Mark 10, 27, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible with God. We need to hope. And our hope can only come through the word of God, what we speak from God over our circumstance and the spirit of God as well. And we have to have both. We need to have the word of God and we have to have the spirit of God because if we don't, if we only have the word of God, then it's it, uh, without the Spirit, it's intellectualism. If we have only the Spirit without the Word, it's emotionalism. And we need both the Word and the Spirit in order for that which was dead to be brought back to life. And number three, this is important that we realize this. 
We were all dead at one point. We were all dead. Ezekiel's people were dead because they fell away from God. We are born with a sinful nature. So spiritually, spiritually speaking, we are born dead. Now, let's, we don't have to get in a debate about what about babies, okay? Because that's not something that we have to worry about. God makes, he, he take, takes care of all of that. We don't have to worry about that, okay? But when we come to the place where we realize what's right and what's wrong, and God makes us responsible for our own spiritual choices, we are born dead. We're born dead. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, Paul writes this to the Ephesians, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Paul's talking about when he first met them. They were dead, and they had been dead since their, for, throughout their entire lives because of the, 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 spirit, uh, uh, the, the sinful nature that we're born with. But God wasn't willing to leave us in our dead state because he loved us. People say, I can't, I can't agree with a God that sends people to hell. Guys, I got to have you understand something. God loved us and he sent his son so that we don't have to spend eternity separated from him. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, I love this verse. I use it frequently. Paul says, but God demonstrates his own love for us while we were still sinners, while we were still dead. While we were still dead in our sins. Christ died for us. Through Jesus, we have the opportunity to move from being dead to alive. Paul writes in Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And just as God breathed life into a valley of dry bones, he wants to breathe life into that thing in your life which is dead. He wants to call it alive, even though it appears to you to be dead. I'm going to have the worship team come. I'm going to invite you to stand with me. Father, I pray this morning that your Holy Spirit will work. God, we pray, breathe. Breathe life into that which we've thought is long since dead. And we've thought there's no way possible that it could ever become alive again. God, I don't know what that thing is in everyone's circumstance. I only know it for my own life. But God, we ask you today to speak to the dry bones. Speak life. 
Some of us are defeated. God, some of us are broken. Some of us are hopeless. Some of us are dead and lifeless. And God, we need your word and your spirit to be spoken over our lives. In just a moment, the team is going to lead us. They're going to sing. And if there is something in your life, something in your family that you thought is impossible for life to be brought back to it, you thought there's no way this can ever come alive again, I want you to step out. Maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and He's talking about even something as personal as your own heart this morning. I want you to step out as well. Whatever it is in your life that you see as dead, God wants to bring it back to life as they lead us. I want you to come and find a place at this altar and just just say, God, I need your word and your spirit to be declared over me this morning. Bring back the dead to life. As they sing, I want you to come. Father, I pray that today will be a day that we mark in the history of our lives that life returned to that which was dead. Father, we have spoken the word of the Lord and your spirit dwells in us. And I pray, Father, through the word and the spirit, God, that there will be life life that breaks out all over. May we hear the sound of the rattling of dry bones. And when we hear it, I pray that our faith will arise. Even when we've spoken the word of the Lord, when we don't believe it, may our faith arise as we begin to hear the rattling of those dry bones. Father, we believe that you're going to do great things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God is up to something good. Amen. I hope you'll hang around in fellowship this morning. God bless you. Thank you for being here.